the first Blair and Barker podcast of the offseason. Kevin Barker, Jeff Blair. As, uh, with the rest of you, we anxiously await uh, the signing of Shohei Otani by the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, it's the only thing anybody's talking about. I walked into the office today, Kevin, and like four people asked me about it. Um, and uh, I, 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 of course, said that without, there's absolutely no doubt that he's going to sign in Toronto. Um, here's the thing about here's the thing about Shohei Otani. We've got a lot to talk about. We're going to get into our winter meetings preview. It's not all going to be about Shohei Otani, but we've got to at least address it out of the gate. There's a couple of things I want people to remember about Shohei Otani. And Kevin, this will just give us a bit of a background. Um, first of all, his agent isn't Scott Boris. Uh, mm. There's no leaks from this guy. Uh, if you talk to people who went through the process with Shohei Otani and Nezbaleo when he came over from Japan. Uh, it was a very secretive process. Essentially, teams came to Otani. And as we have seen throughout his career with the Angels, I mean, th- there are just no leaks. I don't know. Do we know what he had surgery for? I don't know if we do. I mean, I'm sure teams will see the medicals. They'll know what his surgery Elbow. is. But it's never actually been the, – the details have never have never been made public. So the, he's the toughest free agent I've ever seen. The, the, I, I literally don't believe anything that is reported about where he wants to go. And I also believe everything that is reported about where he wants to go because we've never seen a guy like this. Um, we don't know what he wants exactly. We don't know where he wants it, Kevin. We spent all year saying, got to stay in the West Coast, got to stay in the West Coast. Mm -hmm. Now we're hearing that he's not necessarily married to the West Coast. And again, a lot of this stuff is second and third hand. It's, it's, I mean, there are a lot of competing agendas here. And quite frankly, look, it doesn't, uh, it certainly doesn't hurt for a team to be connected to Shohei Otani, even if they've got no interest in him. It makes your fan base happy. But let, let's talk about some, let's talk about some numbers here. There are two places that have done breakdowns of Shohei Otani and how much he might be worth. Fangraphs, and they're usually pretty accurate with these things. Fangraphs did an in-depth analysis. They came up 10 years, $450 million. Eno Saris of The Athletic came up with 12 years, $450 million. And again, this is based on valuing Otani as a hitter, valuing him as a pitcher, valuing him as the unicorn that he is. Jeff Passan has reported that there are stories out there that Shohei Otani could get as much as $600 million. You know, so that's kind of the, the, parameters, the parameters we're looking at here. Focus on the Blue Jays for a minute, Kevin. As far as a fit for the Blue Jays, you know, leave aside the marketing stuff. I, you know, that, that's, I mean, it goes without saying that he would have a tremendous impact on the team's marketing, all, all that stuff. I want to leave that aside for a minute. Uh, but keeping in mind that it's not like he or the team gets 100% of every jersey sale. So, you know, people have this idea that uh, if Shohei Otani comes to Toronto, the Jays are going to make a ton of money in jersey sales. Well, they'll make a fair amount of money, but not all of it. It's, it doesn't all, doesn't all go to the Blue Jays. Um, Here's the thing. If you look at the Blue Jays' payroll, and I'll bring you in in a minute here, Kevin. Don't worry, but I want to get these numbers out here. If you look at the Blue Jays' payroll, they had a payroll of $258 million last year, their 40-man payroll, which was sixth in baseball. Right now, their 40-man payroll comes in at about $218 million. If you want to look at the major league payroll, the guys in the major league roster, right now, according to Spotrack, and they do these projections – there's about a $188 million payroll right now for the Blue Jays. Um, there's some guys getting increases, right? Vladdy will probably get around $21 million in arbitration this year. That's a $6.5 million raise. Bo Bichette's contract kicks in. He goes from $2.85 million to $11 million. Kevin Gossman goes up $3 million. Chris Bassett goes up $3 million. Jose Barrios goes up $2 million. Uh, Chad Green goes up about $7 million. So, if you do the math and look at it, there, there is nothing mathematically 
that should preclude the Blue Jays from being able to afford Shohei Otani's contract. I mean, there may have to be some moves. If you sign Shohei Otani, you may have to move another player. I don't know. Maybe you try to get somebody to take part of George Springer's contract, whatever. So Mm -hmm. those are the parameters, Kevin, I want to lay out. Um, How do you feel about everything you've heard and everything you've read about Shohei Otani? Uh, coming here. Like, if it's me, I still think teams like the Cubs and the Giants and the Dodgers uh, have an edge. But I also admit that I'm approaching that, you know, as someone who's used to having, anytime somebody talks about coming to Toronto, I'm used to people saying, here's 10 reasons why it can't happen, as opposed to 10 reasons why it could happen. Yeah, I I, I just, I, I wonder, because we don't know the medicals, uh, are they realistically the ownership for the Toronto Blue Jays thinking about paying just a DH, how whatever that number would be, even four hundred and fifty million dollars for a DH. I just, I just, for me, realistically, I can't see that happening. Now, if there's some assurance that he will do both, you could argue. Now, some have that he is a thirty million a year dollar pitcher and a $30 million a year hitter. You combine those, that's $60 million a year. But the big unknown is, will he pitch again? Like, you have no idea what the, you know, how badly that elbow was or whatever he had surgery on to think that he could come back and be the Otani uh, pitching-wise that you're paying for. I just don't know right now for me, if you take a giant step back, that the Blue Jays would have to do that. There's too many dudes on the market that could right now make their team better. Professionally, it's what they need, right? That's all we talked about last year was they need those guys sprinkled throughout their lineup that will give you a professional at bat, that are tough outs, that the only thing most of the time to the Blue Jays when you need to get them out was an elevated fastball. Well, if you go out and get a maybe a Solaire that does have a lot of all or nothing in his swing, but could drop forty and give you ninety plus RBIs, a guy like Cody Bellinger, obviously that everybody wants, mm-hmm. that would be cheaper than an Otani that could play center. You could put Varsho in left, like your defense would be better. He could hit at the top of your order. You could move Bo Bichette wherever you want to move him, depending on where Springer's. If he's leading off, he's sitting down the order. You could put Bo in the leadoff spot. Like you could do so many things on a cheaper way to do it, that would make your team better. And I have to ask you, if they just brought in Otani, and that's all they did, and then filled in the blank with minor league dudes, third baseman and a second baseman and whoever's playing left field, whatever that is, right? They could go out and get a a couple of dudes that nobody's ever heard of to play one of those positions and then fill in the blanks. They'd front runner win the American League East. The answer to that's no. Like well, I, okay, you, you but, can't. It's not. It's, the, the answer to that is no because they have other weaknesses. But if you go out and get two or three other guys like a JD Martinez and a Cody Bellinger, I don't know the names, but I'm throwing out professional guys that you know the analytics department don't always have to tell how to go up and swing the bat and what to swing at and what what to swing at. So I do think. Where they're at right now, and the two-year window is where you think they're sort of at, right? Where Vladdy's at and where Bo's at, it sort of looks like it's a two-year window. Does Otani make sense? I know it's attractive, and everybody wants to go watch him, but when you take a step back and actually look at their needs, I haven't even mentioned they need a closer. Like, there's so many things that they need that I think could fill in the blanks a little cheaper and give them a better chance of going where they want to go is... Well, essentially what for you're me, saying, anyway, Kevin, it doesn't it, include Otani. For, for the money you pay Otani, you could bring in two players. Two or lesser three players, players, maybe. Well, you, think, you, you, you think J.D. Martinez and a Solaire and even a Cody Bellinger, I don't know what he's costing. Yeah, Cody Bellinger's going to be starting get, with a two. A two. Cody is going to cost you going to cost you a lot of money. And, and I don't know. There's a lot of, I mean, if, if you look at a lot of the analytical work, and I can see you rolling your eyes, but a lot of the analytical work that's been done on Cody Bellinger, there is some risk there in bringing in bringing Cody Bellinger in. It's a lot um, of risk in Otani too. Less. I mean, I mean, look, uh, look at the, the year. The question he had this is, year. can he pitch? I'm not paying him 450 million dollars to DH. See, I'm paying. Can he pitch? But here, here's the thing. I, 
yeah, I, I, I think you have to have some faith in the fact the guy can pitch. Now, again, you're right. We haven't seen the medicals. So, no, nope. but other teams will see the medicals, right? You would certainly think so. Well, of course they will. And, uh, I would, I would tell you this. I don't think any team will be scared by his medical. If you're going to take, if you're going to sign Shohei Otani, you're going to take that he can pitch on faith. And the, here, here's the thing with the Blue Jays <clears throat> where it really, to me, it really makes a lot of sense. The Blue Jays do not need Shohei Otani to pitch this year to have a shot at winning the American League East. They don't. They mm-hmm. don't need him to pitch. They've got Gossman, Bassett, Barrios. Who the hell knows about Alec Manoy? You've got Kikuchi, maybe one of the minor league guys. You'd, you could go to Shohei Otani and say, here's the thing. You come here, don't even bring your glove to spring training. But you, you, ain't, you ain't throwing a ball. You are going to DH all year for us. And th- that in, in that way, see, people talk about the fit in Toronto. When I hear all these things about, you know, well, uh, boy, the renovations and the training facility and, you know, this and that. And we do know that the Jays will spend money on infrastructure. At, at the end of the day, it seems that everything you hear about Shohei Otani is he wants to go to a place where he has a chance of winning. And that's what this is going to come down to. Um, where can I go that I think, where can I go that gives me a better chance of winning? And I, I, I still think based again, just reading the tea leaves, I I still believe there is a a geographical pull here. I just do. Um, you know, if you talk to people who were involved in the process, when he came over from Japan, it was pretty clear that he wanted to stay on the West coast. Now, maybe all this time playing, with the angels and, and basically spinning his, you know, spinning his wheels with the angels has, and, and, and being able to travel to these cities and see what they're about. Maybe that has, has broadened his horizons, but this is just, it, it's such a weird, it's such a weird free agent year. Uh, you know, one of the things we haven't talked about, you know, the Texas Rangers are one of the teams that people thought might even be involved in this. Well, now we're hearing that because of the implosion of their regional TV contract, the Rangers may not be able to be players in that market. Uh, There are, we know teams like Cleveland and Minnesota weren't going to be involved in Otani, obviously, but their regional TV contracts have, have basically due to bankruptcy have fallen apart. They're cutting costs. This is a different free agent in a different free agent market. You know, the old days, a guy like Otani would make the market. It would be boom, Yankees, Mets, Dodgers, sorry, Yankees and Dodgers, maybe the Red Sox. Nobody would have expected the Mets then. Uh, now the Mets are involved in this. There's, there's just, there's, there's so much going on, and there are teams that are interested in taking their stadiums and and developing the area around their stadiums into shopping facilities and all this. And just think of what you could do with Shohei Otani and and, um, and turning your stadium into an entertainment into an entertainment district. But I, I, at the end of the day, I think we have to focus on the baseball stuff because the the rest of it. We just don't know. And, and um, it, it's interesting when you hear all the national writers, a lot of the national writers, the Blue Jays have emerged as, you know, kind of a, a dark horse here, a long shot here. Normally, I would say that's agent. That could be agent BS trying to increase the market. But that does not appear how this guy works, does not appear to be how this agent works. And quite frankly, I don't think it matters. Like Shohei Otani is going to make a ton of money. And I don't think if you're an agent, you necessarily need to kind of juice the market by leaking out to people that, well, there's four teams interested in Shohei Otani instead of two teams interested in Shohei Otani. By the way, um, further to Kevin's point, and I guess further to my point, um, Shohei Otani last year was a six-war offensive player. Uh, if you figure out that each war is worth 8 to $8.5 million, which is the way major league teams do it, Forty-five million a year is about right for him, purely as a hitter. Forty-five million a year is about right for him, purely as a hitter. All right, I want to move on. A reminder, by the way, that we will be joined. Speaking of free agency, we will be joined by David Ortiz in the second half of the podcast. Uh, we talked to David about his experience in free agency. Of course, David re-signed uh, with the Boston Red Sox as a free agent, but David Ortiz had some thoughts about Vladdy Jr. that you're going to want to hear. Um, it's going to get a lot of people talking and 
got me thinking a little bit about Flatty Jr. as well. So hang in. We'll get to David Ortiz uh, in a few minutes. Kevin, other winter meetings thoughts. You look at this organization right now. You look at the Jays right now. We've got a hole in the outfield, at least one. Mm. A hole at third base. Uh, you know, you're always going to be you're always going to be looking for extra extra pitching, I suppose. Although in in Toronto's case, I would think that's probably got to focus more on the bullpen than the starters. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned some names available, some in the second tier free agent market. I'm going to call it that: Jorge Soler, J.D. Martinez. Uh, Heimer Candelario, who uh, uh, is a free agent and can play third base. Also, apparently very close to Vladdy Jr. That's not interesting. Um, you hear a lot of discussions about possible trades with teams like the St. Louis Cardinals. We know Juan Soto's on the market. I don't know. Do the Blue Jays kick the tires on Juan Soto? Uh, ideally, though, Kevin, when this is all said and done, I think we're both in the same agreement here. They need an impactful middle of the order hitter who is left-handed or a switch hitter. That's really yeah, what they need right now, don't they? Yeah, I don't think I don't think I don't think he has to be left-handed. Like I I'm past the balance. Even though thing. you got rid of even though you don't have Kiramar, you don't have Belt as far as we know right now. I mean, are those impactful bats? I mean, you could argue that Belt was the best hitter the Blue Jays had at the end of the season. That's all. You, saying that out loud is just uh, befuddles you when it just comes to how their offensive season went, right? They can't allow that to happen again. So, obviously, it would start with Vladdy trying to figure out whatever the heck's going on with that and trying to get the best out of him. And then you fill in the blanks with professionals, like guys that know how to go up and compete. Like, watch the World Series. I know the two teams that were in it, but they were tough outs. Like, the Rangers were hard to get out. I mean, look at Marcus Simeon. Stunk until the dude got hurt, and then he shows up and acts like the Marcus Simeon that hit the bunch of home runs. Like, that's sort of what they need, right, is those kind of guys. And there's enough on the market, dudes that have been around long enough, that know themselves well enough, that can help this team compete and make them a tougher lineup to get out. And that's what I'm saying is they don't have to dump all of their money, and we don't know what the end number is for the ownership right we don't know how much it will we spend. don't all we know all we don't all, all we know is that uh all we know is that that mark shapiro president and ceo of the team all we know is that he has said that and, and he was i i think very careful and very deliberate deliberate in his words be there is no rebuild on store in in store this year the jays uh are renovating the lower bowl the rogers center i mean i'm sure they're aware that they're going to have to do some selling. Those lower bowl tickets are expensive, and they're asking people, according to Shai Davidi, to sign five-year contracts for those tickets with the understanding that the ticket prices will increase. I believe Shai said 2% per year. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on here, but you're right. Right now, put it this way. If the, if the Jays were to run a payroll equal to what they had last year, this past season, or a little bit less. And by a little bit less, I'm talking three to four, five million, whatever you have to do to get under the luxury tax. None mm-hmm. of us would be surprised by that. No. Uh, and you, for, also, we, we haven't mentioned that what's going on behind the scenes, right? The communication between the khakis and the players, right? It's a, it's an obvious issue that's something that needs to be addressed. So there's a lot going on here. I Look, I'm not saying that Shohei Otani ain't going to make this team better. But are they going to – just because if they just get him and that's all they can get, are they the favorites to win the American League East? No, not in my eyes. There, there's teams that are better and more balanced. Mm. That's the point, right? So I just think because of who's on the market and what you can get from those guys to sprinkle in wherever you want to sprinkle them in and be able to maneuver around what you already have to make that better – at least if I were the GM, I would be sort of trying to tackle that part of it than waiting on the Otani thing and then scrambling trying to figure out and well, end up with Barkers of the world. Yeah, well, and this is – any time there is a marquee free agent in the market, this, this is something teams have to be concerned about. You don't want to get – you don't want to get hogtied by one free agent and end up missing out on other guys because you were dealing with a guy you don't end up signing. I mean – you do not want – we had plan B last year. You, you don't want – you don't necessarily want to have plan Bs. Now, it, I find it kind of intriguing 
that there hasn't been a lot of free agent activity so far this year. And I'm wondering if maybe that's because a lot of agents are waiting for Otani to make his move. And look, with the winter meetings coming up in Nashville, if you want to make a splash, that is the place to do it. You've got all the national news media there. You know that every network, I was going to say in the United States and Canada, but also, frankly, internationally in Asia, you know every network, if Shohei Otani signs a deal, there are going to be a flood of people coming into that news conference. That is going to be the single, I will suggest, the single biggest baseball event of 2023, including the World Series. The team that gets Shohei Otani, that is going to be the biggest news story of the year. Yeah. So maybe that happens at the winter meetings, and then maybe you know we see teams move off of Otani and 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 look elsewhere. But yeah, it's uh, not the end of the, it's not the end of the world if you don't if you're the Blue Jays, you don't get Otani. Okay, There's th- other options. This is what that I can wanted to ask team. you. This is what I wanted to ask you. Okay, let's. We know that the Jays in the past. We know that Justin Verlander said last year the Jays were the, his second choice, basically after Houston. We know that they were involved. Uh, in uh, in in uh, brain cramp again. The Boston Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox player who was posted from Japan, um, brain cramp. We know that the Jays were, according to the player, the Jays were in that picture. He thought they were going to Toronto. So we know the Jays, and I understand this is going to drive people. In. We know the Jays are active. That's not BS. We know that the Jays are a team that's active. They got some money. You know the. the they're active. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Kevin, do you think it's reached the point where if the Jays don't get Shohei Otani, doesn't matter what you do, the fan base is unhappy. Like, Absolutely have we almost not. reached that point? No. If, if you're a good fan and understand baseball and understand where the oh, lineup is. Masataka Yoshida was who I was you, thinking. Yeah. Sorry. If you, if you understand where the lineup for the lineup for the Blue Jays is at, and understand that if you brought in, I'm just throwing names out because there's names that you could go. J.D. Martinez could DH. Jorge Soler could DH. Hunter Renfro could play right. You could maneuver around your outfield the way you wanted to. Cody Bellinger could play center. That's an obvious guy. Candelario's a big deal. Michael A. Taylor is a, is a really good mm-hmm, defender in mm-hmm, center field mm-hmm. who hit 21 homers last year. Like there's the Adam Duvall is somebody you've been talking about forever. There's well, options I mean, out there forever. that you could bring in who are professional, who can who is predictable. What, who, who, for the most part, other than Bo, is predictable in your order? That's the thing. Is Championship teams, for me, need predictability. And that's what these guys bring. I'm not saying Otani ain't predictable and not going to come in here and hit 50, but he's going to cost you so much money. And then you can you go out and do other things without trading a, a, a Tiedemann or Relvis Martinez or whoever else well, here's that you thing, may have you, to trade to get whatever you want. That's I mean, the point. You know, you have uh, operating in the background of this is the fact that you know you have right now you have Vladdy and Bo for the next two years. And I found it interesting in his year-end <clears throat> media availability that Mark Shapiro talked about one of the things they want to do. You want to take advantage of the window of opportunity that you have. And, and I was thinking two things about this. One, if that means that the Jays want to do whatever they can to win while they have Vladdy and Bo over these next two years. That means one thing. Two, what if it means the Jays are looking to extend that window of opportunity? There are two ways to do that. One, you sign these guys to long-term contracts. Or two, and you know where I'm going here, and we had a lot of rumors about this early in the offseason especially, maybe you move one of those guys to bring in something better. Um, I Look, I don't buy the argument that you have to trade Bo or Vladdy in order to have enough money left to sign Shohei Otani. I know people are making that point. I don't think that's necessarily the case. If I'm Shohei Otani, the first thing I want to know is, are Bo and Vladdy going to be here along with me? But I'll ask you this. I'll ask you this. Uh, If you are the Blue Jays, do you listen? I'm not saying you make the deal, but do you listen if somebody calls you to talk about Bo Bichette or Vladdy Jr., because you've only got these guys for two more years. 
So what you're telling me is now I would have to, because you're going to have to get a haul for those guys. How many 24-year-olds and and how many dudes that lead the American League in hits consistently like Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., the talent of those two guys, what's the chances of you getting that back, guys that could play short and first, and now you need a third baseman, left fielder, and a closer? Like, that's just too much. Mm. All For me, anyway, on the outside looking in, I want to see that it's just not okay just to make the playoffs. Bring in some dudes, as my buddy Jeff Blair would say, that is good enough to go far into the playoffs. We all know it's some luck, right? The Texas Rangers played the Diamondbacks. It wasn't the Phillies. That's luck, right? You need to have a little luck in that thing. So that's what I need to see, right, is going into this thing, be willing to show us that we just don't want to make the playoffs, we want to mm. win some games in the playoffs. And to do that, you got to be able to match up talent-wise and experience-wise. And you got to be predictable. And right now, their lineup's just not that. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's the, this, this team, when you look at this, when you look at this lineup, they've, they've, got, they've got a ton of work to do. Uh, they have an awful lot of work to do. And, and uh, you know, as we said, the winter meetings come up next week in Nashville, and that's generally where a lot of work gets done. It's not like the old days where there were a ton of trades and a ton of free agent signings announced at the winter meetings. Quite often, deals will be done at the winter meetings in the formal announcement. The Yankees are the best of this. The Yankees will get a deal done at the winter meetings, and the formal announcement won't be made until a week later, uh, until a week later when they're in New York. But uh, it, 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 look, it, it's just, it's, it's, we've never seen a market like this because we've never seen a player like Shohei Otani on the market. And yeah, I I just I have no idea I have no idea where this is going to go. It's just a scary thing, Kenny Pitch. Like again. I said, that, I, that's that's it for me. I how does my, owner, my my approach is the right approach? Believe nothing, believe everything. That's really how all does you the can owner, do how does the owner money. drop six hundred million dollars on a dude's DH? That, that, that's the thing. There has to be some assurance if he can do both. Uh, last thing before we uh, bring David Ortiz on, Kevin. A couple of days after the end of the season, after that playoff implosion, Ross Atkins did a news conference or held a news conference. And a couple of days after that, Mark Shapiro held a news conference to basically clean up, uh, attempt to clean up some of the mess that was made by Ross Atkins. One of the things Ross Atkins said at that news conference is that the manager, John Schneider, was on board. And basically, if you don't believe me, call him. I've not heard from John Schneider. Obviously, he's we've he knows he can come on. He can come on. He can come on now. He could call me up now and say, Jeff, I got something to say. He's coming on right Wait, away. Wait, call me. We'll, we'll get him on the you. stage. Call me. Yeah, well, okay. But <laughs> it, that's that's actually very true. But my point is this at the general manager's meetings, Ross Atkins kind of sort of apologized for uh, the way he addressed the situation. In his news conference. Still haven't heard from John Schneider. At the winter meetings, there is a manager's luncheon every year. And every manager goes to it. And basically, you've got every table. There's the media core from that city and the manager. And and everybody gets together and they take a picture. And, it, you know, there are there used to be this thing that... There used to be this thing that I think it was a couple of years in a row that whoever stood next to Tommy Lasorda in the picture was fired. So it was always a big deal to not stand next to Tommy Lasorda. Anyhow, my point is we are going to have to hear from John Schneider this week. He is going to have to do a media availability at the winter meetings. What do you say, Kevin, if you're John Schneider? How do you approach this if you're John Schneider? I mean, you try and duck it. Like, you, I think it's water under the bridge, right? I mean, everybody knows that your GM threw you under the bus and did he apologize? I didn't sound to me like he did. He was, you're still backing up the we, not me thing, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I, I wasn't even in the room, which just, that will just, I just don't get that. Yeah, how in the biggest if, game of the year, how the season ended the year before, yeah. and you don't know what's going on, just makes you scratch your head just a little bit more. So if I were John, I would try and duck the question. And again, I mean, you think right now the Blue Jays have two managers. Are both managers there? Who's talking for the I mean, Blue Jays? Well, like DeMarlo Hale I mean, the associate Yeah, manager. they hired an associate. What the heck's that? Well, I mean, <laughs> Texas what Rangers have an associate manager. Yeah, yeah, but not not after the GM came out and bust through a guy. This is no, true. like 
that's not the fact. So, uh, look, I, I think you try and move. That's a great word. I think you try and move on as quickly as you can mm-hmm. because it's a new season and hopefully they're going to bring in some new faces that are really going to help you make a run. But I look, I think, you know, John's probably thinking to himself of who they just brought in that has a manager title that I'm up against the wall here. I need to start winning some games and hopefully they bring in some better talent. Well, who knows? That can run out there and do that and help him do it. Maybe the first thing we will hear from John Schneider this offseason at the winter meetings is uh, at the news conference to announce that Shohei Otani has signed. <laughs> well, that would help. With the, with, the, with the Toronto Blue Jays. You think they'd let him announce it? <laughs> well, he wouldn't announce it, but I think they'd let him be there. You think so? I think they'd let him be there. Um it's a big weekend uh, for David Ortiz. Uh, David Ortiz, for the past 15 years or so, has been holding a charity golf tournament in Florida uh, in aid of, a, of the David Ortiz Fund, which helps pay for heart surgeries uh, for needy children in the Dominican Republic and in Massachusetts. It's a great event. A lot of people show up including folks like Alex Rodriguez and Derek Jeter. And I still, man, it's still so funny to see David Ortiz on a TV set with those two. Um, As I said, it's a great event. Any time is a good time to talk to David Ortiz. This is a particularly good time. And folks, you want to hear, you want to hear what David Ortiz has to say to the Toronto Blue Jays about Vladdy Jr. Trust me on this. You want to stick around for this. David Ortiz is next. This is Blair and Barker. This weekend is the 15th annual David Ortiz Weekend with Poppy Celebrity Golf Classic in Marco Island, Florida. It is in aid of the David Ortiz Children's Fund, which uh, helps make possible heart surgeries for uh, kids in David Ortiz's native Dominican Republic. Uh, It's a terrific event. It's been on, as I said, I think for 15 years. A ton of baseball people show up. Uh, there is a silent auction as well. We will give you the details of the silent auction at the end of the interview, as well as how you can help David out. The uh, Golf Classics raised already over $11 million in aid of children's surgery in the Dominican Republic. We're very pleased that David Ortiz joins us on Blair and Barker. David, thanks so much for taking time out to talk to us today. First of all, tell us about this event and um, how it got started and how you got involved in this. Well, first of all, uh, hi to both of you. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, this began like 15 years ago. Um, we have the David Ortiz Children Fund where we raise funds to uh, do open heart surgery for children in the Dominican Republic and New England uh, throughout the Mass uh, General Hospital. And... Um, now, it has been a blessed uh, to be able to uh, raise funds throughout the years. Uh, we have saved uh, over 1,400 kids uh, with heart surgeries. And, but we also uh, have benefited over 10,000 kids uh, in so many types of different ways, you know, uh, heart tests and, and uh, uh, minor surgery and some of the stuff. Uh, down in the hospital. So our goal this year is to raise 1.4 to to do over 280 uh, surgery for children. Um, and, and, and like I say, the support from the celebrity, I'm not talking about, I'm not just talking about baseball celebrity. We have celebrities coming from different uh, dimensions, football players, artists, musicians, I mean, you name it. And uh, everybody every year come through uh, to help us raise uh, money to continue uh, doing our thing. And always, uh, I always feel very thankful and, and, and grateful that I'm able uh, with my team and, and everybody who has something had to do with this uh, foundation to be able to raise money to continue doing this. Uh, as I said, we will give out the uh, link to information on the event itself and also the silent auction that will be uh that'll be conducted, which, uh, of course, all the proceeds will go to this very worthy event. 
Um, and we wish you a lot of success in this. Hopefully the weather holds. I mean, it's Florida. The weather's going to hold. But uh, hopefully all goes Hopefully all goes well. You know, David, we are uh, obviously we're we're on the eve of the winter meetings. Um, a lot of focus in baseball right now on free agency as well as trades. Uh, Shohei Otani is the guy that is the big, obviously the big talking point in the game right now. I wanted to ask you, you know, I, l- looking at your career, uh, 2002, you signed a contract as a free agent uh, with the Boston Red Sox. And, of course, that started your career in Boston, a Hall of Fame career. You, you hit free agency a couple of times and re-signed with Boston. And, and I, I'm just wondering, what was going through your mind when you were free agent? I'm always interested in how guys approach free agency, whether it's something they look forward to, something they worry about. How did you kind of view free agency? And was there ever a thought in your mind at any time that, hey, you know what, I, I may end up leaving the Red Sox? First of all, uh, what the things that you want to do before you go into the free agency is try to stay healthy, and the most important thing, try to put a good season together. Once that happens, the free agency is is more relaxing. You know what I'm saying? When you have a year, a down year, and then as a player, you start panicking a little bit because Sometimes it kind of changed people's mentality towards you. You know what I'm saying? So whatever, whatever have a good season on the free agency, hey, you just sit down and watch the circus. You know, you just sit down, pull out your piña colada, and let them, you know, do their thing because you know that somebody going to approach you. Sometimes it's not even the team that you play for because sometimes they can't even afford to sign you back. People sometimes don't understand that. If you are, if if you are a good player and you have a good season, you put up the numbers, you get expensive, and sometimes before can cover that much ground. So, free agent. Uh, while I play for the Red Sox, uh, I pretty much every year have a good season over there. So. Into my free agent year, I wasn't I wasn't really panicking, you know. I know that the Red Sox, very few times they want to test me, just to see uh, where my where my mindset was. But that's part of the business. That's part of some 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 players. We get insulted when we see how they handle the business in front of the of a judge when it comes down to arbitration and other stuff. But it's part of the business. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Nothing personal. And uh, I went through a few of those, but I was lucky enough to finish my career in an organization like the Red Sox. But if, in case something wasn't properly worked out, because for that to happen, you as a player in the organization, as an organization, they had to combine things so... You can stay with, like I said, I was lucky enough that it worked out with me uh, and the Red Sox because I was happy to finish my career there. But unfortunately, it doesn't work out for some of the players, you know what I'm saying? And, and they got all the choices about moving on. And um, But it all depends. I mean, uh, people face different situations when it comes down to the free agency. David, I wonder if you were a free agent, you know, this year, how much analytics, analytics departments, word of mouth about how other players talk about that organization's analytics, you know, it's smothering, right? Some of it is they want to vomit information all over you. The information coming from the organization to the players sometimes, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, is sometimes a little tough. I wonder how much free agents, and if you were a free agent this year, how much that would come into play. Obviously, it's about the money. You want to get the best money, you know, the most money you can possibly get. But if it's close between a couple of teams, would that be a factor, the analytics departments? Well, it's not a secret for anyone that analytics have to cover the game, you know. But i tell you what, analytics are not always right. You know, people make mistakes in analytics also. Even if, if they are digging down into numbers, based on 
performance based on age, based on, you know, how far you let players go. I mean, Annalita only can cover so much. And, and, and there's another part of the game that I would say is very important. is when you get to know the player, when you get to know the heart of the player, when you get to know what winning means to the player, when, when you get to know how the players deal with things during the season, I don't think analytics can, can really see that. You need to have the, 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 the person who deal with experience, who, who deal with the, the on-the-field thing to be able to read that. So it, it goes back and forth. I mean, we can argue about analytics all day, and at the end of the day, it is what it is. I mean, the nature of the game, I change a little with the analytics, but at the end of the game, the nature the nature of the game always going to dominate. David, you obviously know Vladdy Jr. really well. Obviously, you know Vladdy Sr. really well uh, in addition to that. Um, look, Vladdy, by, in a lot of people's, by a lot of people's standards, had a really good year this year. Um, there are a lot of players who would take any year the type of year Vladdy Jr. put up. But I think here in Toronto, we expected a little more of him. Do people need to be a little patient with Vladdy Jr. and, you know, realize how young this guy is and that it's entirely possible that he has not reached his peak yet? Well, to be honest with you, um, to be realistic, sometimes uh, as a player, you set up standards that once you come up for a minute of the standards, people right away think of in the negative type of way of the way you should be. Because mm-hmm. when we talk about Vladdy Jr., the first thing I'm going to think of is a guy that go out there and play every day. That is hard to get in today's game. The guy, he had average. 150 games throughout his career. That is hard to do. Just to begin with, it's like, like don't take for granted the good thing that you got going on coming from a player because it will hunt you down the road. Playing on the turf, big guy like him, and be able to play to average 150 games, that is a blessing for the Toronto Blue Jays. I don't care about anything else just to begin with. Well, and you look at his number this year, 166 game, uh, 26 homer, uh, 94 RBI, he hit 264. Let me tell you what's going to happen for the upcoming season. Knowing Vladdy. Matter of fact, I'm going to see him in, in about a week because we got to do something together back in the DR. But let me tell you what's going to happen with Vladdy a guy that is only 24 years old as of right now, and he has pretty much done as a player. The following season, he's going to learn what was his downside of this season, and I will bet with anyone that he's going to have a monster season next year because that's how it goes with guys, especially at his age. This kid, I had so many conversations with him, and all he want to do is learn how to put himself together and take things to the next level. That's all he does. I remember uh, he called me, uh, I would say, like like a month before the All-Star game, a month, five weeks before the All-Star game, worrying about how he was approaching pitchers, missing that. And I told him, send me videos. Because Vladdy is like a son to me. I mean, we have a really good relationship, me and him, Vladdy Sr. Like Vladdy Sr., sometimes, hey, go and talk to your boy. <laughs> That's the type of relationship we have. You know what I'm saying? And Vladdy sent me some videos, and we started, you know, I was looking at his video, we started discussing things, and all of a sudden he took off. And we see, we saw each other uh, uh, in the Ulster game. I'm not trying to tell you that what I did, uh, the things that we talk about, uh, was the thing that that brought him back and 
to where he likes to be. But he's very smart, and he's doing his homework. What I'm trying to tell you is this is a young blood that every day is trying to get better. You know what I'm saying? And to me, when it comes down to a young player that tries to handle business the way he does, there's always good hope. You know, okay, he didn't hit 48 homers like he normally did before a couple of years ago, or 32 like he did. But if I am the Toronto Blue Jays, as of right now, I will give this guy the opportunity to be the guy that I can build an organization around. They haven't been able to do that in a while. They haven't been able to give a long-term deal, just like everybody else. But you have to take your chances. We play at that age. Play. I mean, Vladdy Jr. is the one player that everybody would like to have in the organization. Good kid. Uh, uh, a kid that get along with everybody. He works extremely hard, trying to get better every day. And he had one of the best hands in the game when it comes down to hit or to play defense. So, and he's only 24. I mean, what else can you expect from a guy like him? I mean, if they don't take advantage of him before he go into the free agency, the same thing that happened with me in Minnesota, it's going to happen in Toronto with him. I guarantee you that. David, it sounds like he's got you to lean on when it comes to mechanics and just the everyday grind of being a superstar in a lineup, right? That's the one of the biggest keys is just to have somebody to lean on who's been there and done it before. But everybody that's been in the big leagues who struggle a little bit, it's, as you well know, it's about what you swing at. How do you learn if you're a, an elite offensive player and sort of know this is the way they're going to try and get you out is – this way, right? However that way is, whether it's down and away with a slider, whether it's up and an in with a fastball, you know how fastball's elevated now is the thing, right? How, how do you learn that? Can you learn that? Is that an off-season thing? Is that a thing you have to actually go through to be able to say, okay, I'm just not swinging at it. I know if I swing at it, I'm not going to hit it hard. How do you do that? Oh, maturity take place. And you have to be able to struggle to figure it out. Like, I wasn't I wasn't Vladimir Jr. at the beginning of my career, you know. I was a guy that I was capable to hit. I don't have that much opportunity when I was with the Twins, but once I got my opportunity, I went through my time that I struggled, but I had to struggle to figure it out and to stay away from the struggle. You know, the good thing is, that Vlad is doing that at the age of 24. I did it at the age of 27. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I'll tell you I tell you this. When he, a couple of years from now, the way he's trying to learn and, and what he's going through as of right now, bro, trust me, he's going to get to the point where nobody's going to want to deal with him, facing him or pitching him or or try to in any in, in any type of situation uh, uh, pitch him because he is that guy. He had that talent, you know, and, 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 and I'm happy that he's going through all that now at an early age and later because now he's, he's still in the learning process. He has done so much already, and he's still a kid. He's only 24. You know what I mean? Like he got a long way to go still. And with all the experience that he's archiving us right now, look up. David, thanks so much for joining us, man. Uh, as I said, hope the weather holds. Hope it's a uh, great event. And, uh, yeah, be well. Thank you very much. And tell the Blue Jays to sign him. <laughs> That's my biggest advice. <laughs> we will do that. Absolutely. Thanks, David. Take care. David Ortiz. Uh, and, again, the event, it's for the David Ortiz Children's Fund the 15th annual David Ortiz Weekend with Pappy Celebrity Golf Classic. There is a live auction, and uh, we will, uh, on social media at SN Jeff Blair, provide the link uh, for the live auction. It goes on, I believe, until 9 o'clock on Saturday. It's a great cause, and uh, it's a great event, and we certainly appreciate David Ortiz joining us. And um, Kevin? Lots of thoughts about Vladdy Jr. from David Ortiz. It's funny. Hearing David Ortiz talk about uh, 
Vladdy reaching out to him. And it reminded me of something you've said all along about how Vladdy needs, he needs somebody around him who can talk to him as one hitter to another. Mm-hmm. Preferably somebody who's still playing, who can hit behind Vladdy and give him some protection. But, you know, we listen, we know that Eddie Edwin Encarnacion was with the team last year. Victor Martinez was with the team a little bit last year. David Ortiz, like, it, it's, it, I think it really does reinforce that, one of the things the Jays need to do this offseason, I think, is 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 figure out figure out how they can get the best out of Vladdy. Yeah, I, well, I think David made a point by continually saying that he's 24 years old, like I, because it's not the easiest thing to have the weight of an entire country and everybody that you ever talk to calls. We take we have conversations with people that all say. Well, I can remember a person on this show when Bo Bichette went down was basically calling out Vladdy saying, it's your time. Like, mm-hmm. you want to be the man. It's right now time to be the man. Vladdy hears that. Vladdy is a really good person. Like, he he wants to be the man. And when you try to be the man, sometimes it just doesn't go the way you want it to go. So to have people that, you know, like David Ortiz, that who have been there and done it before, have went through everything you know, that know how to be the man in an order. I know we all love Bo Bichette, but for me, I've said this to you, and I'll continue to say, Bo Bichette's not Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Mm-hmm. Like, I, everybody wants to say he is, he ain't. Like, just the things that Vladdy can do offensively, I know consistently the last couple of years we haven't seen that for whatever reason, and hopefully, I think this is just me, I think it's a mechanical thing. The great ones always look the same. You know, you watch the great ones on TV in the playoffs. All the swings look the same. It's the point of contact and which way the barrel is going is different. But everything from the ground up until you get to your hands look the same no matter what the pitch is, how fast it's thrown. It all looks the same. Can you say that about Vladdy? Mm. Nope. Like a, a lot of the times he's ladies in between. So I think it's a little tweak when it comes to that. But, yeah, I'm with you. It's... It's nice to have guys like that, but on an everyday basis, I just think he needs that dude. That just that guy that says when he's walking by him, how do he get you out? Maybe you should look for this. And it just simplifies it for Vladdy to walk up and be himself. And right now they just don't have that. They don't. Well, let's see maybe with uh, the winter meetings beginning next week, or I guess actually this weekend, people start rolling in the winter meetings beginning in Nashville. Maybe, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe the Jays will end up uh, maybe the Jays will end up adding that person through free agency or via trade. But I'm with you. I think it's uh, the the evidence is there. The evidence is there. And uh, let's see what the Jays do about it. Uh, that's it for our first off-season podcast. Again, we will be dropping what we call emergency podcasts uh, in the upcoming week should the Blue Jays do anything uh, in the way of personnel moves or should any other news break Parker's snickering. Um, it, it, rest assured, if Shohei Otani signs with the Blue Jays, we will be we will be doing an emergency podcast. <laughs> Parker, fingers crossed. Fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. Fingers crossed. Hey, what do they say? It's the hope that kills you. That's it for Blair and Barker. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>